It is time for another episode of the Cultural Hall, and it is an Articles of News episode, which will last only as long as my unplugged-in laptop will allow us to go. Uh, and we're not at full battery anymore. I'm joined uh, from uh, Texas, so long as it's still named Texas, uh, with Russ Wild. How are you, sir? No, I can hear you. You're not frozen. You look smiley and happy, but you are frozen, technically. Is that on me or is that on you? Can you hear me? Don't blink. If you can't hear me, you're gone. Are you there, sir? Hmm. It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode, and you should know that because Russ Wilde, from the state formerly known as Texas, with the temple formerly known as the Prosper Temple, uh, he is here. It means we're going to talk about some, uh, I mean, bad news. Not great news. Horrible news. Uh, I bring Russ in. I mean, in the scheme of news, it's not as bad as it, it's, I'd say it's more interesting. Oh, I don't know. I think it's pretty terrible. Um, it's not. I feel like the, well, we can get into it later, but I feel like it's not as bad as the uh, Arizona issue. Well, this uh, is more sure. of a, like, okay. an interesting method story. Sure. May we never look at it and say things like, yeah, it's a bad story, but it's not as bad as a dad with his three-year-old and five-year-old. Yeah, that's where we're going. Uh, you should know uh, that this is going to be a news episode, a two-part news episode. Uh, Russ and I are recording this, and then because of the way that we're doing episodes and as we work towards a year in review, the top 23 stories of 2023 episode, um, we are, uh, you know, we, we got one big news episode that's going to be current news, and then we're going to do a year in review, and it doesn't come out for a little while. And so we're doing the news that's current to now, and then the second half will be the news that's from, like, today until the time that the news releases. It's very confusing. I will do it differently in the new year. But you should know a couple things. Are you ready for this? That would be, that would be your goal for the new year. A yes. resolution, if you will. Are you ready for a couple? Are you ready for a cool a couple of cool things in the new year? Sure. So uh, we have two people, uh, two great volunteers, Paula and Daniel, who are going to be uh, in charge of a um, how would I put it? Like uh, you know, a general conference activities committee. (laughs) (laughs) You know how they have at uh, general conference they have the world report. Oh sure. Yeah. So once a month, one of the news episodes is going to be these two. They're going to do all of the news that isn't North America and we'll go and we'll do an international news episode. So none of that particular episode will be North America. So pretty cool. Uh, And here I was hoping you were going to say they were going to arrange flower arrangements to put behind us. So it looked like we were in. I would I would welcome a set dresser so quick. I mean, I can't even get the, the light right. Three point lighting and I'm not doing it right. But also. Uh, I should say uh, that we've got that. And then we're going to start doing uh, three episodes a week in the new year. Um, But one of those is just going to be a replay. So we'll do Monday is a new episode. Wednesday is a replay from the past. And Friday is another new episode. What's that? A greatest hit. No, no, no. It won't be that. I'm not doing that much thinking. We're going to go back to the beginning. We've already shared episode number one a couple of times. So we're going to pick up with episode number two. And just every week. Uh, go and go and go and go. And so that's pretty exciting. Those will be commercial free, except for if there's someone who's listening to this who says, I want to sponsor those throwback episodes of the Cultural Hall. You'll be the only ad on those episodes. So let me know if you'd like to contact at the culturalhall.com. So that's exciting. Uh, 
And then uh, there's something else. I don't know. Other things that are, oh, yes, we got a review. That's what I wanted to share. Uh, This review comes from uh, an individual named Daniel, which I don't know if it's the same Daniel that is going to help us with the world report, but I appreciate that he said this. He says, this is the first podcast show that I got hooked on. I love the variety and the honesty in the content. My workday goes by much faster when I get lost in a groove listening to Richie and his rebels. Did you know that you're one of the rebels? Um, No. You're part of the resistance. Keep it up. Resisting who? What? Uh, I mean, the, you know, the, the people, the, the other thing. And then I love that when we posted this on the cultural halls, Facebook page, uh, Brad weighs in and goes, Hey, check out this podcast too. Thanks. We post a lot of things. And of course, on that one, you decided to, you know, just jump in and be a little self-promoting. What's new for you? Anything good? Hey, um, my firstborn son was baptized recently. Congratulations. You do it. Yeah. Yeah. We did that. And, uh, so we had this interesting, personally did it. Yeah. Okay. And we had this, well, I got to the church and like, it was, it was an unusual one of the, this is my third child to be baptized. Uh My first boy. Uh Um, I got to the church, not as early as I would have liked to, to fill the font. Uh And, uh, because we did it on Thanksgiving Eve because we had family coming into town sure. and we, so you we, wanted to get it done bat- before they got there. <laughs> we, we did, uh, we do baptisms when we want because we're yeah, you know, in, Texas. in Texas. Sure. We don't in have mission, steak days in the mission field. So, uh, I get, I get there a little bit later than I wanted to, and I'm trying to fill the font. And if you've ever felt filled, I was going to say felt a font. No, that's not it. That's not the word. Font, it, uh, it takes a, a good amount of time. Like three Especially hours. If you want Especially if you want the water to be warm, I think it varies, right? It could be okay. an hour and a half, two hours, yeah. depending on the the the, the farm. Sure. There's a range, sure. right? Sure. And I undershot it, and so but it gets time to start. The bishop says to me, "He's like, well, do you want to wait? Maybe another ten minutes and see if we can get that font filled up a little more." I was like, "Well, we could just leave the water running through the meeting." It's like I don't think you can hear them hear over the filling of the font. And I was yeah, like, that's a bad idea. You're probably right. And I was like, "How much do you think it's going to go up if we uh, let it go for the next ten minutes?" It's like maybe an inch. I'm sure. like, I don't think it's just going to make that much of a difference. Yeah. So uh, we did it kneeling. Get out. I was, on my, I was on my knees and he was on his knees. Hmm. Yeah, I guess immersion. Uh, like it doesn't matter. You just got to get immersion. The water wasn't that deep. And mm. so we made it work. And I like to think that I saved water. So it was the ecologically responsible way to baptize my son. Interesting. So now let me ask you this about your son. You've got, because you've got the five kids, right? five two girls and then three boys yeah 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 so will the boy be able to baptize the youngest boy no No. i mean well i guess no no because it's 16 yeah okay so So, not it doesn't quite work they're they're two years apart Ah, yeah if the oldest one would have been a boy okay thanks a lot oldest girl but you know they changed it so that like my daughters were able to be witnesses and And did they do that yeah so, did they yeah, think that was pretty cool? Yeah, I think the oldest has done it before, did it for the, the older sister, the second sister. Uh-huh. But yeah, I also had an interesting conversation with my son the other day, driving home from school. He says, Dad, you know how we're supposed to be like Jesus? <laughs> like, yeah, son. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you, yeah, he's like, you know how Jesus had nails in him? Should oh, no. we put nails in us? That would be like being like Jesus. I'm like, you're not putting nails in yourself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
He's, did, a, did, he's had a very literal stage in his life. Sure. But did you say no, but if someone else does, is well, that sort of how I, you Well, I told him that um you don't have to put nails in yourself because Jesus did it for you. Oh, that's nice. So, hmm. so. Well, that's fun. That's a fun literal age. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. He'll be back in one second. Yeah. One. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. That, oh, uh, very exciting thing. I'm doing a new thing. Go on. I'm launching a new website in the new year. Are you Go ready on. for this? Are you ready for this? Yes, I am. I, uh, I'm going to do uh, a couple of things. They, there's a thing in podcasting called pod fade. Do you know what pod fade is? I don't. I'm excited to hear about it. Podfade is a term uh, for podcasters that they're like, yeah, I'm so excited to be able to do my thing and I can't wait. And then they get like three episodes in and they're like, and they sort of fade out. And it's not always three episodes. Sometimes it's 20, sometimes it's 50, but it either they're not attracting the audience that they want or they, um, you know, it's not growing the way that they like, they're not making any money off of it or whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. So, right. uh, it's a thing called pod fade. It sort of fades out. Consistent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and they say like 80% of podcasts don't have beyond 10 episodes, which is pretty incredible. It's, it's hard to be, it's hard to create content and keep right. it up. Because yeah. It's and do it for 12 years. Is hard. Yeah. So people should become Patreon saints. Yes, I agree with exactly what you just said. Uh, so I'm going to help people. Uh, I'm going to be the uh, a, a, a coach that says, hey, you know what? We, you need to do a diagnostic on your uh, on your podcast. I'll listen and I'll tell you some things that you can do to make it better. Flat there, fee. there we go. So that's one thing I'm going to do. But then the other thing I'm going to do, I've never heard of anyone doing. And this just fell literally, if you're watching the video, into my lap. And I think uh, it's pretty exciting. I'm I'm going to teach people how to be either A, better interviewers, or B, better view interviewees. Interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm I uh I am fascinated. I feel like I've got a good sort of curriculum as far as the interviewer part, but I'm I'm excited as I sort of dive into the interviewee part to say, hey, this is what this is what makes a great interview. And how do you know? how long you should talk and you know, what do you talk about and blah, 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 blah. So, so that's what I'm doing. Focusing, focusing on podcast interviews specifically. Well, I, I guess you I, can I branch think, that out. No, I'll branch it out. I think it applies though, not straight across the line. So if you're doing a TV, like morning, you know, quick hit for a morning right. show, it's different than if you're an hour long with a, another host. But I think that there are some principles that are the same. Right. So we'll talk all about that. There you go. My favorite interview that I well, I've done many interviews in my professional life, but one of my favorite things that an interviewee ever did. Mm -hmm. And again, I was doing TV news, so it was like I was looking for sound bites, not looking for long narrative. He started talking and you know was saying something, and then he said, "Look at me." He goes, "I'm gonna say that again." He just backed up. And said <laughs> it again. Was it live? No, it was oh, okay. live. It was it was like it was just an interview, like a recorded interview, and I was like. Although I did have one that um, they essentially said something like that. I don't remember the way they phrased it. They're like, they were like, you know, can we do this over again? And I was just was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, uh, and then he was like, it was a train wreck. I saw, but, I yeah. saw one, uh, it was a morning thing and I can't remember who the host was here in Utah, but they went to the person they're like, so what are you doing here? And the person just froze. You're, you're here selling something, right? 
Uh-huh. And people can come and buy it. Is that right? And you just watch the host tap dance around the person looking oh. around for anyone else to be able to chat with whatever they could do to not be able to talk to that person. So hopefully to be able to avoid that. Yeah. And fix that. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. So it's exciting. Oh, what's the name of the website you ask? Oh, I was dying to know. I don't think you were, but best podcast coach. <laughs> oh, it's a theme, right? If you're going to do a thing, you do the thing. Of course, a, there you go. a play on. I spoke in church the other Sunday. Uh-huh. It wouldn't have been last Sunday because of the time timing. It was the last Sunday in November. Mm-hmm. And I quoted the best Christmas pageant ever. So yeah, it's kind of like. It's the same thing. The, it's the best whatever works. Yeah. Uh, so I want to uh, play the uh, little uh, hit it, Peter, and get into some articles of news. So let's do it. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Um, I don't want to get into the big story that we're going to get into quite yet. Uh, obviously, the AP story and um, the everything with it. Man, it is every single news outlet picked up the AP news story about it. Um, so we will definitely get into that before the computer battery dies on my laptop. That's how we're going to kind of time this thing out. Um, there are some lighter stories, and we will give you the heads up before we get into that. So uh, let's go lighter, shall we? How about this? To allow for greater access to the words of living prophets and apostles, printed copies of the magazines published by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are now available at no cost in the Pacific area as of the 1st of December, 2023. So you remember getting the uh, friend, the new era, uh, and now obviously the Liahona. Um, you couldn't uh, but get those without paying for them as a young kid in the church when we were growing up, us Gen Xers. You had that one person in the ward who had the calling that would sign you up for the church subscriptions. And it wasn't like the price of a regular magazine, but you did have to pay for it. Now all the uh, print copies are available uh, for free in the Pacific area. So I think that's the they, island. They've been available for free here for in the United States for a while. Yeah, and they're available online for free for like the last 10 years. But if you need right. a print copy, you want to leave one on the back of the toilet. I remember uh, years and years ago, a recent convert got, after getting baptized, we, we set him up with uh, the magazine subscriptions, and then he found out that you could read them online. So, why are we paying for this? It's free, right? It's like, guys, guys, there's this internet thing. Why would, what are we, what? Good question. Good yeah. question. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's that. Uh, I just basically charged you with the AP news story. So, I'm not sure if you have other stories that you, you feel like could maybe weigh in on. Oh, I guess the Texas Temple. You want to share yeah. your thoughts and or feelings about that? Yeah, when it was first announced that uh, Prosper was going to get its uh, temple, which is in North Dallas, everyone was like, what's Prosper? Where's Prosper? Well, Prosper, if you uh, were to Google Prosper and high school football stadium, mm-hmm. you would see an, an amazing edifice to uh, Friday Night Lights. It's like a, they have like a $50 million football stadium. Like It's incredible. I'm looking it up it, right now. In, a time that's a, in fact, they had a, I think they had a Oh recent, my gosh a recent election where they wanted to build a hundred million dollar football stadium, but voters didn't allow that. That is unreal. That, that, that is bigger than already in prosper. It's a football stadium. That is bigger than, uh, what got to be bigger than, uh, I think there's probably several universities in Utah that that's smaller than, or that are small, have smaller stadiums than that. Yeah. That's gotta be like Lavelle Edwards size. 
not the size uh, of the person. Uh, I think it probably, what is it? I don't know what the seating is on that. It's got to be 20 or 30,000, probably. Of Lavelle Edwards? No, Lavelle Edwards. No, like I mean the, 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 the high school stadium. Ah, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, uh, it's not it's not BYU size, it's, but it's definitely bigger than SUU. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Is I don't know what Dixie SU. plays in, or I mean, sorry, Utah Tech. What yeah. they play in. Uh, that is an incredible thing. Wow, that is uh that yeah, is see, that they, is like a, I said, that is an edifice. That is a shrine. So uh, the temple's going to be in McKinney now, which is just up the street, well, also the north it, Dallas. But but they're not calling it the McKinney Temple. Yeah, aren't they? Yeah. No, the I chain. thought I thought it's in a place that they're not calling it still. What? Hold on, as we Google this, as we do this together live. What? I know. I'm. I. It's I called. Hold on. Look look it up while I'm telling you about the news story because I am 99% sure when I saw it that it's going to be moved to McKinney, but it's not called the McKinney Temple. It's no, it, called... was, it was called the Prosper McKinney. Yeah, Temple but it's not called the, the Prosper Temple. Temple either. No, it was the the first presidency as a... Uh, the President Nelson announced the temple as the Prosper Texas Temple. The name okay. has been changed to the McKinney Texas Temple. But it's not in McKinney. Look at the address. It's in like Fairview or Fairfield or something like that. Is that a place nearby? Uh, oh, yeah, in Fairview, Texas. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, fair enough. Yeah. See, that, yes. But I, I don't feel like that's uncommon, though. Well, a, okay, sure. There's a not a place to... called Feather River, but the, you know, the Ochre Mountain Temple is at least adjacent to the Ochre Mountains. Right. But I mean, the Memphis Temple isn't in Memphis. Right. But, but, but to all that, uh, Corey K. Ward, the Pharaoh himself, has a big bone to pick with this because it's like, listen, it, uh, we don't care. Call it the yeah. Fairview Temple. Why do we, why do we care? The uh, Austin, Texas Temple isn't going to be in Austin. Yeah. But, but, but it doesn't make any sense why not to or why they shouldn't do it in the actual town that it is. Is it because we relate it to the town nearby and we go, oh, I'm visiting Chicago? So clearly it's not in Chicago, but now I know Chicago has a temple. So I go to that place. These are the things we'll talk about in the next temple ticker. Yeah. You get to the bottom of that one. Okay. No, I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't noticed the address was in Fairview, but that's, I mean, I'm curious now how, how close to the boundary it is. It's probably not, but it doesn't make sense. Why change the name then? Why not steal the Prosper Temple, even though it's in Fairview? Well, but I, not would, I would say, well, Fairview to or McKinney to Prosper is a, a decent enough distance, but I would guess that it's the the city with the largest congregation, maybe mm. the largest number of people and members. Fair enough. Adjacent. I'll take that. Like you, like you know, because if the bulk of your members who are going to work in the temple, you a little nod to them. The people who are going to be working in the temple, or, or what? Them. They're not going to work there. Uh, it's true. That should, well, if they called it the Fairview Temple, they're going to name a Utah woman. It's going to be sure. confusing later. Sure. Yeah, and that's why I thought they didn't call it the Fairview Temple. Here's something completely unrelated, but back to football. Are you ready for this? Sure. BYU completed their first season in the Big 12. The Big 12, which Texas won that, that conference. Go on. Yes. And now they're playing in the, uh, in the, in the big dance the, for the yeah, last the, time uh, when the, it's the four teams. The playoff. Yeah. Yeah. They uh man go to Austin uh, that one time I was with you in football season that was the craziest time ever. I still have that shirt by the way so thank you. Um whenever BYU plays a team and they're on the road they do a service project. Did you know that? I I did. They, they oftentimes donate stuff to the food bank and other things in the area. 
Yeah, so this is cool. I'm not going to go through all of them, but they did a food drive when they played Arkansas. They did uh, a book drive and donated books when they were in Kansas. They did um, children's toys down in Austin and also the uh, Midwest Food Bank. Um, they did, uh, I'll give you one more. They did children's sports equipment when they played Oklahoma. What a cool thing that I think all could college football programs should do. And I think that they should have to do them together. And I know that this will make me sound like the guy who's like, well, you know what they need to do. But I think that that's like, that is such a character building, cool thing to do. I think that every, you know, okay, we're, we're Oregon going into Oregon state, you know, we're going into Beaverton and we're going to do something for the community. I think that that absolutely should be a thing that they do. Not a bad idea. Okay. You just agree with it. Fine. I do. Well, you want me to, well, I don't know why they shouldn't. I, I don't know. I just, I just want to do, uh, you know, hear what you thought about it. I thought this was sort of interesting. Kevin Frankie, you remember Ruby Frankie's husband? Yeah. Uh, the one that, uh, what's that? How's he doing these days? Well, he filed for divorce. He got a domestic violence injunction against his wife, Ruby, amid child abuse allegations. Uh, He uh, is saying, hey, the petition for divorce is is private. Uh, The paperwork was filed this past Wednesday. The injunction imposes several restrictions on the parties to ensure a peaceful and fair proceeding. According to the injunction, the Frankies are barred from engaging in any actions that would disturb the peace or safety of the other. This includes specific bans on electronic harassment or any forms of abuse, basically saying you can't take to the Internet and be like, I can't believe that that husband of mine, this, that and the other thing. But I'm surprised it took him that long to say, I'm out, out. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to rouse you with one of these here. I thought we were doing fun, happy light stories. Now okay, 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 okay. Uh, that, that's not a fun, Is happy really light story. Is it really a service project if you force the college students to do it? I, I Listen, I think that that's a great... Okay, how about this? This is a great story. The Light the World campaign when they took over oh, yeah. New York Times. You Did you buy the New York Times Square, not the yeah, New, New York, York Times. Times Square. Yeah, not the newspaper. Have you seen yeah. when the video of that? I haven't yet. It's incredible. And I'm I am sure that they edited it so that it would feel theatrical like it does, but it is an incredible thing. They essentially you have all the glowing lights of Times Square, right? All the glowing billboards, yeah, 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 yeah all the stuff, right? And they the church bought all of them and essentially did a like a theatrical screening of this thing in Times Square, where they're all aglow with the different things. Come see this show over here and all this, right? And then it all of a sudden it blacks out and then they coordinated it with all of these different it's in, it's an incredible thing oh, no, uh, i'm excited to see it and i as i found out a uh, hundred billion dollars is how much it cost for them to do it so we yeah. took all of our money at one shot and just said take it Times square we're there gonna go this is how we want to spend it uh, i'm sure that it was not i would be curious to know how much it costs because it is the entire I mean, Times square I mean, it's not a Super Bowl ad, so I'd imagine it's not crazy. I mean, it could be millions. It's got to be millions. Are you kidding? Yeah, but based on the number of impressions that you'd get on billboards in Times Square, I'm still thinking you're not getting it. It's not the price of a Super Bowl Is this what we're going to weigh out here, your CPMs? Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, what's a Super Bowl ad, like six or eight, ten million dollars? Sure, it's probably something like that for, I I don't know how long it was, ten minutes? Oh, was it ten minutes? Uh, maybe not even that long. 
five minutes? Ten million dollars. Excited for the eventual AP expose that tells us how much they spent on these ads. Jeez, I I don't know though. I thought you know if you're going to do it though, that's the way to do it. New York. No, and and you're you're right. The the way they did it, right, is the way that you do it. If you're going to spend a bunch of money on the ads, like more people are going to see the video of you showing the ads than see the ads. So like that theatrical experience that you described is exactly what you wanted to create. Like they weren't advertising people at Times Square. They're advertising, well, advertising. They were creating a video. Yeah, creating a moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I feel sort of ignorant about this one, so hopefully you can you can fill me in and hopefully you know about this. If not, get ready to Google with your fingers. What is PragerU? That's a conservative, like, uh, educational website kind of thing. Okay. Like okay. A, a super um, right-wing kind of, I don't want to, like a... Yeah, like uh, you can learn things about conservative ideologies. That's how I would phrase it. I don't know how they describe themselves. Okay. But they recently asked who a modern prophet was. And a lot of Latter-day Saint folks showed up and said, how about President Nelson? We consider him a prophet, a seer, and a revelator, including Mike Lee, who uh, jumped in on that as well. Said, hey, how about, and then tagged President Nelson in it. In the course Uh, of my daily uh, work, I oftentimes find myself looking at Twitter uh-huh. periodically and one uh-huh. time i i'm always curious when what's trending and like whether it's really trending or if it's just tailored to things that it knows that i'm interested in mm-hmm. but the other day president nelson russell m nelson was trending and i was like uh, uh what do you do and so i clicked it and uh it was the prager you thing interesting yeah so i thought that sort of be to be fascinating other people on that list for sure and speaking of mike lee I uh, heard he's on the uh, short list that should uh, the former President Trump select a vice president that uh, Mike Lee, senator from the state of Utah and member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, on the short list to be his vice presidential candidate. There you go. There you it's go. Like, it's way too early for that. They, have, they start voting in a month in Iowa. So we got plenty of time to... When do they normally do it? Do they... They do it before the they start voting in Iowa. No, no. no. When do they start doing no, it? Tell no, me. no, Tell me when Usually, they start doing it. Like towards the end, when you're getting close to the convention, you're trying to build your base. Like that's when you maybe tap one of the former candidates to be your running mate. So is that like March? Um, yeah, April, I, I, May. I'm going to just April, start May, shouting June. out months. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, in the in the in the summer, like you know, the generally the primary season, like you'd be March or April before you know who is likely to get the nomination, depending on how competitive it is in, in whatever party. And yeah, then who's like, in after jail, it's who's kind not? of after it's kind of they the then they then they talk about who their running mate would be. I think I don't know if people have generally announced who their running mate would be without having secured the nomination. Probably they have, maybe in a last ditch effort to try to tip the hmm. uh, the thing. But yeah, or maybe it's they sort of tease a little to... bit at this point to be like, "Hey, you you like uh, you like oh so and so? Well, this is the only guy who's going to pick oh so and so." Yeah, like think about let, let's go back to like the uh, John McCain election year. He uh, it was him and Romney were battling back and forth, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. like. It was, you know, a month or two before the election when he named Sarah Palin to be the vice presidential nominee. And yeah. you hadn't heard her name before that. So. Yeah. Which, uh, by the way, I'm almost through the Romney, a reckoning. And oh, uh, I, I, I am through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. interesting. McKay yeah. Coppins, a previous guest 
of the Cultural Hall and uh, previous to this episode airing, but not actually previous to when we're recording, uh, I got to visit with him about that book as well. And it's, it's, I, it's, I found the Oprah part fascinating. I did too. The Oprah part and the Bloomberg Romney ticket I found to be just an absolutely fascinating thing that I sort of wish would have happened. An independent yeah. Romney Bloomberg ticket would have just, I, I don't know. I've had those, those conversations with my wife to say, yeah, you know what we need is something that is not, the same thing that we have been continuing to do over and over and over again. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that we still have a two-party system. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I mean, the thing, and people have heard me rant about this a bajillion times here. I'm disappointed that everyone that we, you know, that we could elect as a president is a boomer, and you know, it was in the past their midlife when the internet was created. You know what I'm saying? I just would like. Right. Just would like someone a little bit younger. Okay, the battery is starting to tick away. We need to get to the AP okay. story. So tell me if people have no idea what we're talking about. And by the way, at this point, if you are, uh, you, get, you got the kids' ears around, you're going to want to press pause and say, kids, I love you, not not today. Or if they're adult enough and you can have an adult conversation, we're not going to be, you know, vulgar about this, but we are going to talk about this case. Uh, they can stick around. So the AP has published a story, and and the you know this is a, a series of ongoing investigations that these reporters have done with looking into ch child sex abuse in in churches, not just ours. But uh, we talked about we hinted at the Arizona case last year was a, a big article that they put out about the ongoing abuse that happened there. Uh, this this case is interesting because it talks about um, the way abuse was the way the church risk management team handled an abuse case uh a, a, the victim in this case was uh uh her father was the perpetrator and he was the bishop for a time during the during when this abuse happened which he was you know young preteen and teen uh she re remembered the abuse and came forward you know when she was in her late 20s early 30s and you know, confronted her, her father, family members were involved. Uh, he, they said that you need to go to the police and report this. And he said, no, I'd feel better talking to my bishop. So he went to the bishop and confessed and was ultimately excommunicated rapidly. And then, you know, a criminal case happened, but ultimately uh, he, the, the case was dropped for who knows why. The, the article says they don't know why they weren't able to talk to the prosecutor about why the case was ultimately dropped. And uh, what's fascinating from this article and what the article focuses on is the interactions between the church uh, individuals from Salt Lake who flew out to work through this process with the victim. Uh, they, they, their conversations were recorded and the AP was able to re review these tapes of these interactions. And so they were able to see how the church handles sex abuse claims from their risk management side of things. And so what did you glean? What did you learn from it? Um, I think it's interesting. Like I, uh, well, ultimately what happened in this case is they, uh, they were uh, offered a settlement of $300,000, the, the daughter and mother. And uh, in, in order to receive that settlement, they had to say that they, they could not talk about the settlement and they could not they they were these these meetings were recorded they had recorded the meetings 
they were told to destroy the recordings, to not release the recordings of what had happened. Now, there was a second party at these meetings who apparently also recorded them, recorded the meetings. He's the one who gave the, uh, the, gave the recordings to the AP, not the victim in the case. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the, he was the person who, who gave them to the AP and these recordings are what I think was interesting. I don't know what, what legal liability the church would have had in this case. So I'm not sure why they felt the need to settle. Uh, the, the victim was never told not to talk about it. They could share their story. They just weren't allowed to release the recording, their recordings. And, you know, ultimately the, what a lot of the discussion in the recordings are ultimately comes back to a penitent, uh, when a person tries to repent or makes a confession to a clergy member that whether or not that's uh, admissible in court and the church through their statements have said they followed Idaho law. It's they're not able to, the church can't say Bishop, you can, you can testify to this. That's not their privilege to revoke. It's up to the person who makes the confession. So in this case, the perpetrator, her dad could have said to the Bishop, yes, you may testify against me, which which someone would never do. do. Yeah. 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 No, someone would never do that. And there's, and the, you know, since this has come out, there's been a lot of debate about, um, about that, that, you know, lots of states have that in their laws that the, uh, the things that a person confesses to their clergy aren't admissible in court. And inadmissible? Inadmissible. Aren't, aren't admissible. Right. They are inadmissible. inadmissible. Yeah. The, uh, so it, I mean, there's, there's also like, there's a difference too between like if, if you come to me, your bishop, and confess your sins, like I can't describe that. But there's also a difference between like, and then there you get into weird mandatory reporting laws of like who has to report abuse. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like this case is slightly different in that case. Then it's not like if it's not like a 13 year old girl saying I'm being abused by my dad. This is a 30 year old woman saying that when I was. 12 i was abused by my dad so the i feel like that changes the response a little bit sure but i mean mean, she's offered three hundred thousand dollars, and the church responded as much to say oh shoot rob or russ we uh i gotta go get my battery can you can you vamp for a minute i gotta go get my power cord i'm gonna pay attention to whatever you say i'm listening i'm totally listening i'm like the 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 audio recordings i think are really interesting in the article it talks about how over a series of four months, the, the victim and her mother met with the, the church and this uh, this person who was the risk management team from the church came in. And, you know, the church ref- called it significant sexual trans- transgression and essentially basically said that without, you know, we can't make the bishop testify because there's this, the law prevents that. It's, it's, a privilege that he has. Um, now the victims in this case were, were kind of under the impression that the church maybe could, and were hopeful that the church would encourage the bishop to testify. And for whatever reason, the, the even though the the victim in this case had recordings of her father confessing to what he had done, that family members had talked to him and were there when he confessed, and they'd all encouraged him to go to the police, but he went to the bishop instead. You know, even though you had all of those other witnesses, like the uh the prosecutors told them allegedly that you know because of the divorce that the man was going through and the fact that it had been 
you know, more than a decade that they weren't necessarily convinced that they were going to get a conviction. So they didn't move forward with that case. Um, afterwards, after there was, a, I assume after it was in the media that this person had been arrested for these crimes, other victims came forward and there was another woman. There were other charges that he ultimately pled guilty to in a plea bargain. So, you know, this wasn't a one-off incident, but as far as the church was concerned, at least as far as we know, this was the only person that he interacted with in a church role, even though he was the bishop for some of it, but he was also the victim's dad. So again, I'm not really sure what the church's liability would have been had this, had they sued the church and gone to trial. I, I don't really understand that, but there's some interesting things about the way the church met with these members and worked through and made a settlement offer. I, I, uh, I want to fully recognize that. I know that in, in the Arizona case and that in the Idaho case, that the church acted within the law. Right. For, for whatever reason, that doesn't provide me a terrible amount of comfort <laughs> or like, uh, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and, and I guess, the thing the thing to me that i just don't understand and i and i legitimately welcome this because i i am i am curious uh i know that there's a place for these things to occur and and i think that that the um the privilege the clergy privilege can apply in some ways where people are making a confession to say something like um you know uh i uh i'm cheating on my wife right I'm having a relation outside of my marriage and I go to my bishop and then I have that sort of communication, right? That's not against the law. I mean, necessarily, right. uh, you could maybe make a case that it is in some ways, but... Um, and, but I mean, and in that situation, I, I would I would say that the, the bishop doesn't have the right to tell your spouse that you confess infidelity. Right. But, but he they can... will encourage you to tell your spouse. Exactly. And in this case, the bishop encouraged him to tell the police. Yeah, I'm sure. But when it starts to get into like really egregious, maybe defined by your own self, uh, but these things that you go, yeah, but I just I feel like I feel like there should be the mandatory reporting because the only retort that I've heard from people about why there should be clergy privilege is, well, if you make it so that clergy can tell on people or that they can, you know, that they have to testify or that they have to tell other people. How many times are people going to say to their their clergy the thing that they've done, you know? And, and I guess I get that. You're right. It, that amount of times that that person will say that to the bishop will be far less. But it doesn't matter because the bishop can't do anything about it at this point. So it's not like it's saving that guy or saving the people in the household or saving the people that are being right. abused. It's just allowing it to continue to occur. And I, there is some sort of privilege that needs to occur, but I have yet to have anyone and I genuinely do welcome it. And if I'm way in left field, I'll come back on and read a thing and say that, Oh, I had not considered this part of it, but I just don't think that like uh, domestic violence, uh, physical abuse. Um, I think that there could even be made a, a case for like um, uh, emotional or, or financial abuse that these things would need to be reported and sexual abuse. Like I just, I don't understand why we're like, no, I mean, you have to be able to, you have to be able to talk about it and not have any sort of punishment because the truly penitent person is going to go and say, 
you know, I've done this thing, police officer, and you need to book me. You're right. The truly penitent person would. But how many times is a guy like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not I'm not right. going to put myself in jail. Why would I do that? Right. And I mean, in those cases, I think the bishops are tr- trained to encourage them to go to the authorities and confess. And that would sure. be part of the repentance process. But, sure, but they don't yeah, do there's... it. I mean, so, so here's so here's the deal generally, genuinely. Uh, and I don't think that this. I mean, this guy in this case, the guy, the police were involved, and he did get arrested, and he did, you know, sure, there was charges filed that were ultimately eventually dropped. Yeah, but 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 like even like if you came to me, right? I'm not clergy. You're technically right. like pseudo clergy, but like uh, clerky, you're clerky. <laughs> I'm clerky. There's uh, no uh, clerk privilege. Yeah, no clerk privilege. But like if you came to me and said, hey, I'm stepping out on my wife, you know what I would tell you? I don't think that you should do that. And I think that you need to tell her. And if you don't tell your wife by reasonable time of which we discuss, I'm going to tell her. Now, I don't take that stand with everyone. There are people that I know that have cheated on their spouse. And I just sort of kept that close because I didn't, you know, I wasn't that close to those people necessarily. But with you, that would be how it would be. It wouldn't be. You know, I really think you should tell her, but if you don't, I mean, so long as you feel penitent in your heart, I think you're okay. I just. Yeah. I mean, but that's also what's happening here. That's not the, it's not like they were like, you know, all right, go and sin no more. It was like, you've lost your membership in the church. This sure. is, you know, I think the, I think the, for me, the fear, and again, this isn't like when the Arizona case, it was like, you know, the guy admits to sexually abusing his daughter and you know, they tell him to go report himself to the police. He doesn't. And like the guy's like, I get my hands are tied. I can't, I can't report this. Sure. And then like, he, he's hopeful that it stopped with the, the confession, but it didn't. And then it continued for years. Right. That's, you know, that's a little different than a 30 year old woman saying that my dad abused me when I was a kid. Like there's not that same, the victim in this case. I mean, there's potential other victims and the desire to protect other people should be high, but like, there's not any, he doesn't, I mean, a bishop shouldn't be deputized to like, well, is he still doing it? Is yeah. he doing this? Like, like, what is he, what is the bishop's role in this? So. Fair point. Different case. Yeah. I mean, that's why, that's what I meant when I said earlier that it's, it's not as, it's not as, it's not as horrible as that Arizona one, because that Arizona one is terrible, but this is fascinating from that. Why does the church do that? Why does, why, why did the church feel like they needed to pay this, mother and daughter $300,000 because, you know, the dad was kind of creepy with his daughter. Well, like, Well, because as I understand it, though, the, the bishop did reach out to the helpline that's made available for right. bishops in the church. And so maybe at the point that, that that occurs, maybe there's something that we don't know yet that isn't on those yeah. particular recordings. Because to your point, you're right. I when, like nothing from what the AP story contains, like it shows anything that like the church or the man's role in the church was in any way connected to the actual abuse. Hmm. The, the other abuse that he was uh, charged with that was he was arrested for and pled guilty to was related to his dental practice. Hmm. So like I, the the settlement I mean, in the in the article I talked about, they were originally offered ninety thousand dollars, and then they were really surprised when they offered $300,000. And so, yeah, I, I would have been too. I, 
I'd, I'd be curious to know what it makes a case one that the church was willing to to pay. Yeah. Yeah. Especially well, when don't... this one doesn't seem to have any other than the fact that it was a bishop involved. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Well, then you can get into the like we could talk about that penitent penitent. Uh, what is it? Privilege mm-hmm. that so they can't talk about. But then, like, it's also interesting. Like, the church's use of non-disclosure agreements is, I think, another question. Like, is that something that the church should do or not? Hmm. And I understand. Like, I understand why. Sure. Because if if you advertise that, like, hey, this abuse happened to a church member by a church member. Even though the and church is kind of that tangential much. to it, like they got these buckets of money, you know, you don't want them to like advertise that. True. I mean, so I, I get that the keeping the the terms of the settlement, which is what the non disclosure agreement was about, the terms of the settlement and the recordings. That was as, as far as the recordings, the reporting shows that's what they wanted. Can she could still tell her story? She could still say that this my dad did this. It's terrible. Yeah. Again, I so don't. Like, I don't think we're to the end of it. No, I think, I think, I think the part of it too is that there's not a uniform operation in the church. Like every case isn't handled the same way. Yeah. And so it's it will be easy to find. Well, not easy to find, but like for every horrific example, like we saw in Arizona, like there's probably you know dozens of ones so that everything worked the way it was supposed to, and yeah. the victims were protected and. Maybe there were settlements and maybe there weren't, but like it was handled handled well. And like, I mean, there's there's things that happen every day at church that are like, well, that could have been handled better, or that could have been yeah. handled worse, or but yeah, yeah. And and the the church obviously swift to mention that we excommunicated him excommunicated him very quickly, very quickly, and he, he hasn't been rebaptized. Yet to yeah. be rebaptized. It's not happening. Uh, shall we end uh, our portion of news and some uh, some uh, some happy news? Yes, please. Okay, so this is not this doesn't start happy. There's a fire that destroyed the Salvation Army unit in Florida, oh. down in uh, Kissimmee, Florida. Terrible, but uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints said, "Hey, you know what? We can help you guys out." They we got some uh, BYU athletes coming to town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wait till we play. No, uh, they stepped in and they said, "Hey, you know what?" We're going to help you guys out. They've continued to serve the homeless population of Kissimmee, even while the Salvation Army itself was uh, displaced. So they came in, they they did and hosted a large donation drive um, and uh, also brought food, water bottles, hygiene kits, other items for their homeless clients. God, and, I love hygiene uh, kits. And it was just, they were able to do it almost without a hiccup in the whole thing, right? Oh my gosh, there's a fire. LDS Church said, hey, you know what? Let's help you out. We'll help you host this and do this. And then uh, the people that were in need, especially in this time of year, certainly Florida is not like Utah or some of the colder states, but still people in need, uh, they were able to step right in. And then the other humanitarian, I love this story, uh, the church in Chicago. um, There are 1,200 Chicago residents with warm clothes now because of the church there. Uh, there was an initiative um, that was um, church-sponsored. It's a coat drive. It's sponsored by the Illinois-Chicago Stake of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, over the past few years, they've done things like back-to-school carnivals, Easter egg hunts, Halloween haunted houses, exotic animal presentations, and magic shows. 
And um, these events have garnered so much popularity that residents often ask the missionaries if they are affiliated with the church that hosts the events for families. So as part of it, the Hyde Park and Pulaski meeting houses decided, you know what, we can also do some things that give back to the community in such a direct way. They got coats. They had a successful coat drive and about 600 community members came to each building. Most families left with several large bags of warm clothes to prepare for the upcoming winter. So super cool to see the church helping out in the Chicago area as well. Warming hearts and bodies. Uh, And then I think that's probably where we go because the only other ones that I've got, oh, we could do this. We'll have fun with this. Are you ready for this? This is how we'll end our our, uh, time together. There is a uh, cigar company. Have you heard about this in uh, Utah? No. Uh, They are uh, two former members, former missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They developed that, a plan for their cigar business while companions? I don't think so. Serve <laughs> different missions in different places. But they have named their cigars uh, Utah Apostate Cigars. That's the name of the uh, the actual company. Apostate Cigars is what it's called. And, and uh, right off the tongue. Yeah, right off the tongue. And they have different cigars with names like, are you ready for that? Brindley. No, I'm just joking. They have names <laughs> like... The Sword of Laban, the Zarahemla, the Leohona, among others. We're trying to be respectful to the belief system, said one of the owners. We're just trying to have a little fun with it. I think most people take it in the spirit that it's intended. Uh, I I, I don't get it. I think of something to smoke. I don't think of Sword of Laban, but. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I got. So uh, there's a liquor company in uh, in Utah called five wives five wives vodka and it has pictures of old polygamists in the state of utah and okay all right i guess the thing that i do think is interesting is the apostate cigars have the featured name so like the sort of laban written in the deseret alphabet so that's sort of cool <laughs> that they yeah took the time I mean, they're they sitting around they're like okay should we call it the sword of laban what if we call it the smoke of laban yeah yeah or the cigar of Laban. Like, I I just uh, think, I just I'm think, not a marketing guy. Yeah, no, you aren't. Uh, the the uh, current apostate cigars are all available only in one size. Here's the deal: they have eight kinds. Uh, you can get the endowment. Endowment. You can get Moroni's trumpet. And I just think, to your point, like I get that you know. Um, there's also uh, why can't it squatters squatters was a uh, is a beer a microbrewery for one of the first in the in the west really and it's here in downtown salt lake and they were a, a big thing like that i think their first one their first big hit was a polygamy porter right, right. and they and they had the t-shirt and and it was a big deal and we're like oh oh my gosh and i think people within the church were like how dare they i can't believe it but every company that is in, you know, that would be subject to the air quotes sin tax, you know, tax on sinful activities has done this in the state of Utah, even yeah. down to like tea companies. You know, there's the, you know, ache, uh, 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 shoot, I can't remember what it is, but like Ramiumptum stools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Ramiumptum stool. That sounds terrible. Have a drink of Ramiumptum stool. Well, not a drink. It's a, it's a physical stool that you Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> your, your kids can reach on the counter at their own little Ramiumptum. If they need to pray a little that, bit. That's my idea. Uh, no, but like every beer, tea, 
wine, right. spirits, cigars has all it, it's it's tired. Energy drink. Yeah, it's Coffee. tired. Even restaurants, right? Come to the steak center. There used to be a steak center restaurant down in Utah County where you could get, you know, grandma, you know, grandma Christiansen's pot roast and you could get um, you know, funeral potatoes on the menu and all the things. It's it yeah. it's just it's it's a little on the nose. I actually so which, think, which which cigar are you gonna get? Uh, I I actually think that if they would have named one like the Brindley and spelled it, you know, B-R-Y-N and L-E-I-G-H, like that to me is a little at least newer. I I am for one, I'm gonna go look at the descriptions of how does the endowment cigar differ from the uh, sword of Laban. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or are they just names? Are they all taste the same? I don't know. I don't well, know anything about cigars. the thing about the sword of Laban is that it actually um, smokes really fast because, like, one minute it's there and then the next it's gone. So there's that. Um, the the endowment you actually have to share with everyone whom you smoke with. <laughs> that like that already is two more clever ideas. Than the than than what the marketing campaign behind apostate cigars is, yeah. except the Deseret Alphabet is pretty cool. So like if they have a, you know, if they have the endowment on a T-shirt and it's in the Deseret Alphabet, okay, I might I'm mildly interested. Mild like tobacco flavor the endowment cigar. See, there there's a million more. Anyway, all right, we'll take a break. When we come back, who knows who the other co-host is going to be? And if there's going to be an update to that AP news story that we spent a lot of time talking about, who knows? We don't know. It's in the future, but we're not in the future right now. Well, that's the future to what was just the past, but like we're going future in the future, not just like now, which is the future of just a moment ago. Thanks, Russ. Hi, friends. Dan, the laptop man here from PC Laptops. I get a lot of emails with feedback from customers. Here's one. Dear Dan, I just had the best experience ever. I bought a computer from Shane at your State Street store. I asked several what I thought were really stupid questions. Shane was super courteous and made me feel comfortable through the whole process. People need to understand how important it is to support a local company, especially when your experience is so good. PC Laptops really does love me. Signed, satisfied. I love hearing feedback like that. It really just gives me the chills. It's the whole reason why I got into the computer business in the first place. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop, and they start at only $29 a month. And it comes with a lifetime warranty. That means if anything goes wrong, we're going to take care of you. Just check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. At PC Laptops, we really do love you bestdjinutah.com. You're right. It's a new ad. What? Well, it's been an entire season since I've recorded a bestdjinutah.com ad. And well, the wedding season coming to an end at this point, but not really because what happens now is everyone who's going to get married in 2024 reaches out and says, Richie, is it possible? Do you still have this date? And I tell them, yes, hopefully. And then we get you booked. We'd love to be able to work with you. Uh, travel all along the Intermountain West. Some people call it the Jello Belt. Uh, you can go to bestdjinutah.com to request a quote. You can find us on any of the social medias at bestdjinutah. And uh, we can answer any questions. Affordable? Yes. Over 400 five-star reviews? Yes. Highest rated in the state of Utah? Uh-huh. Go on. It's best djinutah.com and I'll give you a little hint. It also helps me 
to be able to do this, like financially support the cultural hall through that. And you get something in return. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second half of Articles of News, yeah, uh, an extra large helping as we make our way towards Christmas 2023 is when it's originally recorded. Uh, I'm now joined by Megan the Mitch Mitchell. Thanks for being here. Good morning. Always happy to get on in the early morning on yeah. the Zoom. <laughs> My friend Richie. <laughs> I always have. I always love this. That's what that sounds like. I always love getting up real early and chatting with my friend Richie. Well, I mean, as we've established before, it's not really early. I'm just not a morning person. Yeah. yeah. So as we've established before, it's like 8 a.m. <laughs> Uh, a couple days out from Christmas, obviously the first block, which we recorded with Russ, that's about a week or so old because we didn't even talk about Elder Kieran. We've got a new apostle that I called it a nail. So it. did I. So did I. Yep. I've got receipts, Richie. Yep. Yep. From, uh, we, uh, we knew text it. Messages. Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. Uh, a few things about it. Uh, one is uh, progressive members of the church go, yeah, a compassionate, caring person who's joined the church when he was 26 years old on Christmas Eve, by the way, which is a cool time to get baptized. I'm sort of impressed by that. Uh, didn't get married till he was 30. Didn't uh, get a, uh, a a formal college education. Uh, and and as a young gentleman, not a Gen Xer. I was a couple years off on that, about four years off nice. from our first Gen X apostle. But uh, the, yeah, the, almost even seems like a little bit of old news now, but excited that... Uh, that that's happening, that that has happened uh, as he makes his way into the apostleship. I, I wonder, okay, I too. Have, sorry. Oh, yeah. What? Uh, do, okay. So um, he doesn't have a middle initial. Uh-huh. And um, here's my connection to Elder Kieran. Okay. When my daughter was in um, kindergarten, she'd wake up for school, and while she was eating breakfast, I would play the, the Mormon messages for her kids uh-huh. on YouTube. And there's the one about the scorpion. That's huh? his story about stepping on a scorpion in Saudi Arabia when he was uh-huh. a kid. And so I move that we call him uh, Elder Patrick the Scorpion Kieran. Ooh. Hmm. I'll put it out. I'll put it out. I'm going to put it out for a sustaining vote. <laughs> um, so let us know. Let us know what you think about that. Contact at the culture hall.com. I don't mind that. I don't I don't hate a nickname. Uh, you know, hey, hey, I've Elder- got a nickname. Elder Uchtdorf, the Silver Fox. I certainly love that. Uh, I, I've called him the Silver Fox to his face. Well, what did he say? Uh, he just sort of smiled and then went on. And, and to his face, I mean to his face in uh, front of thousands of people when I was announcing the uh, Days of 47 parade and he was the Grand Marshal or whatever it is of the of that particular parade. I said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Silver Fox himself Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf, and he sort of, he recognized it or whatever, and then sort of went Did on. you get asked back the next year? 
I did actually. So twist. Oh, so, so there's that. Uh, as, as we are a couple days out from Christmas, uh, just very quickly, anything exciting going on at the uh, the Mitch Mitchell household? Um, let's see. No, other than the fact that I'm so excited for a lot of the gifts that my kids are getting. Mm-hmm. Um, when is this episode going to be Today, released? Today, nah, almost moment, uh, okay. literally seconds from like now. as soon as we hit leave the Zoom meeting. Okay. Well, I mean, um, edit it a little bit. But yeah, no, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, then I'm not going to say anything that they're getting. Oh, why Just not? Know, well, because they there's the chance they could listen in the car okay. with me or something, okay. and so okay. I don't want to say anything. Um, but. Yeah, we're uh, we're getting really really excited. Okay, I have been um, wrapping my brains out. Sure, like there's so many presents to wrap. Oh, so many. That's what you meant. I thought you meant like M and M impressions. I was doing that too, especially because my initials are MM. Yeah. So, um, so have you lost yourself in wrapping then? Yes, obviously, obviously. But here's the thing, Richie. I don't know if you experience this as a grown up. I whatever it is, I can guarantee you, I do not. I'm not, I'm not I, joking without okay. having any idea what you're talking about. I can guarantee that your experience as a mother of six children is nothing like my experience as a father of a four-legged dog. Okay. Well then go with me on this one. For I'm, a I'm here. I'm I right have, with you. I have had um, so many people asking me for like Christmas ideas. Like, what do you want for Christmas? Like mm-hmm. my husband and my in-laws and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. Cause here's the thing. I'm at a point in my life where I can just, if I want something, I can sure. get it. Sure. You know? Must and, be nice, uh, Megan the Mitch. Jeez, oh, I Must knew you were going to come nice. back with that. <laughs> Must be nice to be able to get whatever you want and have not a want for a thing in the world. That's my life. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Except for that elusive sleep. Yeah. Not getting any of that, even though I desperately want Maybe it. Maybe you should ask um, for that. I should. I should. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what I want. And there's certain people in my life who are like, we don't do gift cards and we don't give cash oh, and yeah. we don't like, it has to be a thing. And I'm like, but then I have to tell you sizes, which means I have to like go to the store and try something on and then say, here, I want this exact thing. And I just like, I don't have the time for it or the brain power. And um, so I don't know. Maybe I'm not getting anything for Christmas and that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, mm-hmm. I also just turned 40 like a couple weeks ago and I was Yay! in the same. Welcome like, to the other side of the hill. Thank you. It's pretty yeah. awesome up here. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I don't know what I want for my birthday. I don't want to celebrate. I don't want to do anything because I just don't have the brain power to do it. I'm, you know, so that's been a, a complicated situation and first world problem. Yes, I know everybody. It must be nice. Mm-hmm. It's a first world problem mm-hmm. to have. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, I'm getting excited for Christmas. I'm finally at the point where, like, it's exciting now for us to go to sleep on Christmas Eve and wake up and do all of the things and make all the food and have a fun time with my family. Uh, So uh, I can relate in that uh, I just sort of go buy myself whatever, right? But I, but I also, like, if you looked at what I spent money on, I don't spend money on, on, on much. I don't really... Mm-hmm. I don't have hobbies because hobbies become side hustles. And so then it becomes a, a budgetary item in a, in a side <laughs> hustle, not a, I should buy that. Uh, so it, it drives my wife absolutely crazy. Like, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, here's the deal because you know, they, they, they talk about the different love languages, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I am not a gift person. That is not the way that I, I receive love at all. In fact, 
the idea of making a list and then me handing you that list and then you purchasing the list sort of just feels to me like it's like what that you love me no more than Instacart handler or than you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh my gosh, you love me so much that you let me make a list for you and then you went and bought it. So um so we don't so we don't do that. Uh, the thing that we do in in our household is I say, I would like a sentimental gift. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if it costs money, but I want it to be something that matters. And so uh, a couple of years ago, my wife got me um, these really cool, it's a calendar that every month the picture card sort of changes. And it was a picture of me and my dog that we had taken for from over the year. And it's great. That's adorable. It's cute. So, you know, every month I got to see a new picture of that. And then uh, a couple, two years ago, I think it was, she got all of us, including our dog, matching pajamas. And then we took a couple of pictures. You know what I'm saying? So it's not... It's not fancy. It's not a thing. Um, to solve your issue, may I give this suggestion to um, your family, those who are wanting to buy gifts for you? You yes. should get. You should get into. And I've been surprised how much I like this. Uh, one of those, like they shop for you, send you clothes, you try them on, get what you like, and send back the other stuff for several yeah. reasons. One. It pushes you into stuff that you maybe you wouldn't ordinarily wear, but that you're like, oh yeah, no, I I look good. I like this thing. This fits well, or this is a you know, thing outside my style. And it makes it so you don't have to go to the store. You just put it back in the thing, and then you have to. I mean, the stuff you have to ship back, you have to ship back. But I'm one month in, and I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. Keep that in mind. You yeah. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Um. We have lots of people in our family getting subscription boxes this year, so okay. I just add it to the list. There it is. You know? See? Uh, and then and then the thing for my wife, uh, because it's just the two of us, so we don't have the the Christmas morning where the kids have that sparkle in their eye and you know at five AM. Yeah, yeah. Uh so I still get up at five AM because I have those kid jitters. But yep. um we uh we give each other our gifts before, like okay. when they come in. We go, hey, yeah, hey, your Christmas gift is here. Do you want this? <laughs> and like one of my wife's that I got her, I couldn't lift without her and I didn't want to leave it in my car. And I said, here, come get it. So so she gets she gets three gifts this year. One, what are they? one that she wanted. Oh, I'll tell you. She got a drill press, which is a permanent drill that you kind of press down. She's because she's that. into the woodworking stuff like that, right? So she's already That's got so that. Cool. Then she got a will. Okay. Which she doesn't want at all. Has has <laughs> no interest in zero percent. Provident, you know. Sort of the sort of the joke is it's the thing that you need, but you don't want at all. And she's like, no, that doesn't count. Then that's not a thing. And <laughs> then uh, the other gift that I got her is um, because I have anxiety and like to try and control the world. Not that you could relate to that at all. Uh, yeah. We're we're gonna do uh, emergency preparedness to go bags or go bags. Oh yeah, bug like out bug bag. out bags. Yeah, bug out So I got her the bag for the bug out for next year. Cool. So we're gonna put that together. And again, a thing she doesn't care about. A thing that yeah. she'll be grateful she has. But when she gets it and opens it, she'll go. I I don't have any in, need in this. Why are we doing this? What am I doing with this? Yep. What's happening? Yeah. Well, uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It should be awesome. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. But does it feel like Christmas just like snuck out uh, up out of nowhere? I feel like it's happening sooner than it normally does. And um, always the twenty fifth. 
Always the 25th. The pagan holiday of the 25th, always. The 25th came sooner than it usually does. Sure. sure. And it's the, yeah. And I've talked to so many people who are like, it literally just came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And like last Sunday at church, people were asking me if we were ready. And I'm like, no. No. And I'd say, are you ready? And they're like, no. So I think what you probably have to do, here's the remedy. I, I, listen, I have all the answers. I don't know if you know this. I always have an opinion and I always have an answer. What you need to do is you need to get the song um, that was done, oh, back in 1984. Okay. It's by Band Aid. You know, these big collaborative projects and you just need to know it's Christmas. Yeah. You just need to know. (laughs) It's a good one. (laughs) And listen to it for a couple of reasons, because now you're falling into the category of, did you know it's Christmas? And no, no, you didn't. And then listen to it and go, oh my gosh, this is the most offensive song ever. That yeah. we play, and we just disregard its message. Yeah, it's. And every couple of years, a new tragedy comes along, and we re-record it too. Sure. With sure, with the Ed Sheerans of the time and the Bonos of the time. Actually, in the most recent one, for Ebola, Bono was involved. So I guess that's like you know a carryover. But you know, we need, yep. we just need a new tragedy so we can re-record it. In fact, since we've gone here, let me just plan your musical playlist. This will get you okay. in the Christmas spirit. Are you ready for this? Do they ready. know it's Christmas? Okay. Last Christmas. The... You got to get that in there. That So that's on the loop. Then yeah. I need you to do, because it was the only Christmas album I could listen to uh, on my mission, the InSync Christmas album, specifically Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. That's a great yeah. uh, song that's on that track. Then I need you to roll in some uh, Christmas shoes, and then Ugh. and then if you wouldn't and then if you wouldn't uh, mind, end it with "Mary, did you know?" And then you have the five greatest tracks to get you in the holiday spirit. I'm surprised you didn't also throw in their um, "Angels Among Us." Okay. <laughs> and if we're going for pandering, uh, it's not a Christmas song, but you can go ahead and. Uh, and throw in butterfly kisses just to just, oh, just to pander to you a little bit more. We got to do news. Hit yes, it, we Peter. do. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. Uh, all right. So uh, we got the other Kieran thing done. This is kind of cool. It's an update of the giving machines so far. Uh, so yes. far as to the recording, nearly a million meals, 100,000 children's books, hundreds of thousands of pounds of fresh fruits and vegetables. The particular thing that I think is cool, the hundreds of thousands of hygiene kits and education for hundreds of young African girls, which I think is cool because like you're going to see that payout in spades. You know, mm-hmm. the other things, it's like they consumed the meal and then the meal is done. They can, duh, 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 and then the thing is done. But when we do these things that change lives, that's the yes. thing. I mean, I like it all, but that's the yes. stuff that I think is is super cool. So uh, 61 giving machines still going. If you haven't done it, go ahead and go do it. Since 2017, when they first came out, over $22 million worth of things donated. So much money. I so, love it. Pretty cool. I love it. And pretty- they've got celebrities involved with like oh all the over. machines yeah like john heater opened up the ones in portland oregon he's an oregonian so he was there at the opening of it and um paul rudd i think did i see that that was from last year but yeah i mean sure. well still and, last uh, year andy yeah, reed exactly. travis, yeah, travis Kelsey's Kelsey. mom yep oh yeah yeah his mom and then like last year drew barrymore did a whole like segment on it on her show and um yeah i saw something else out of like pennsylvania that uh or maybe maybe it's massachusetts 
may have been Boston. I can't remember. East, but, um, it's all East. East Coast, you know. And uh, like their news did a big sh- story there. Anyway, can I love the imagine. I've thought about this. Can you imagine? Because I know like uh, the Reeds, Andy Reed, the coach yeah. of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, the Kelsey family, pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? I just want you to picture this with how much pandemonium there is right now with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Can you imagine? Exactly. If they just rolled up on the Kansas City giving machine and they oh did gosh. a quick little video, that thing would just be like, boom, it'd be insane. I'm telling Absolute you, Taylor, Tay Tay, get to the giving she's, machine. Listen, I've heard she's charitable. So, yeah, go do oh, charity. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. What is it? Seven, seven, seven gets you everything in the in the, the machine. Yeah, do it. So, do it. I dare you. Uh, come on, Taylor. Get with the program. Do it. Do no it. positive peer pressure. Uh, what else do you have? Well, I'm willing to go wherever you would like to. In wherever I want. Yeah, Ooh, take it. Pretty. That's a dangerous Don't ask. All right. It. So, <laughs> all right. So the title of this article, thanks, but no thanks. Native American Museum returns LDS Church's $2 million gift. So back in 2021, the church announced that they were donating $2 million to the First Americans Museum in Oklahoma City. With the purpose of building a um, family search center within the museum mm-hmm. and um, with Native Americans, obviously, family history, very important mm-hmm. and um, also complicated. Sure. Um, but, yeah, the church was going to support that. And uh, President Nelson even said back in 2021 in a devotional, the gift from the church will strengthen Native Americans and other families by creating within the museum a family search center. This center will make it possible for visitors to the museum to receive help in preserving personal histories, searching for ancestors, and building their own family trees. But, uh, and then he said, our deep deep gratitude for those who have come here from many different countries and traditions, um, but that gift has now been returned. And any mention of it has been scrubbed from the church's website, apparently because of... um, what was the the phrase? It was kind of a funny phrase, a mess of misunderstanding. Mm. And basically the people who are running the museum were concerned that there would be like missionaries there proselytizing and that they would, they were also concerned that it might lead to a rash of um, proxy baptisms Mm. for native American ancestors. Mm. Um, It was supposed to be a celebration of coming together where everyone cares about families, but that was not enough. There was not enough discussion between the parties, the museum director said. Um, well, so, yeah, and, so they and were, just so complicated, right? Because when yeah. you think of like the the Native American placement program that the church did and how, you know, maybe well-intentioned, but, right. you know, ill consequences of that whole thing and, and the abuse that occurred within that. Right. And, yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There are some Native Americans who are also Latter-day Saints who are really disappointed to see sure. that it it's not going forward. Um, one in particular, Randy Gibson, he's a Latter-day Saint and a Cherokee. He was in Oklahoma at the time of the announcement. He now mm. uh, lives in Provo, but he says um, Native Americans have such strong oral histories. It would have been a good way to share them with the world. So yeah. I can well, see maybe not the maybe not the end to exactly. you know, something like this. And then we all go, wait, let's go back to the table. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. kind of a bummer. But like you said, there's there could potentially be be more. You know, uh, if you were a Patreon saint, that's the collective you, not the you specific, uh, <laughs> you could be able to watch the recent interview that I did with Darren Perry, a Shoshone elder 
uh, he had been in the culture hall previously and uh, has a new book. And we talked about the um, Bear River Massacre. So, boo. Oh, but you can find that episode if you are a Patreon saint. That's in the secret but not sacred uh, Facebook group that if you become a Patreon saint, you get to be a part of. It's patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall. Quick news story here. Uh, and then we'll get to something that I'm interested in your kind of feedback in. You weighed in online, but let me tell you this first. Lisa Barlow, you don't know who that is. Good. Good for you. It means you've kept your mind from the real housewives of Salt Lake City. Uh, her son serving a mission she herself as i understand like not really active um but supports her uh, supports her son being a missionary it's been a mm, subtopic of the real housewives yeah. of salt lake city but her son jack uh serving in columbia which in the back of my head i thought i didn't, I didn't think we had missionaries in columbia but maybe that was just like the late 90s early 2000s whatever yeah. he was in the hospital for three days we don't know why he is doing well, and uh, they make a, a mention of that in the most recent, as of this recording, episode of Real Housewives. And so, sorry, Elder Barlow. Hopefully, that you get to, uh, you know, get back out and being able to to share the gospel. Should that be your thing? Uh, all right. So this is the thing I want to get you. You are the Mitch. I am the Mitch. That's me. You do uh, sports who sport of sportingness and sports. Who are sport. saints? Yeah, sport. Uh, this I thought was interesting. Uh, if people don't know, a little context for this. Um, high school, uh, I think that this just applies to football because I don't know that I've seen it in any other thing. It, it very easily it could be come up yet. in anything else. But uh, the star ranking. So athletes can be, uh, it's a three-star recruit. And that's like someone who's, who's, he stands above everyone, but, or most people, but, you know, he's not like a four-star recruit. Sure. And then the highest is a five-star recruit. So uh, there's, you know, far less of those. Uh, a guy by the name of Gatlin, Gatlin Bear. And I watched Great. the video. Actually, you can find a link in the show notes. This guy's fast. And it just, nice. you know, he is the fastest high school football player in the country. Um, currently being recruited to go play college football. He's a member of the church, of course. Uh, otherwise, why would we be talking about him on articles of news? Um, and, and in this article, it talks about how it's like, it's unique because he's from Idaho and he's being recruited for the, you know, class of 2024, but he's not playing until 2026. That's not the interesting thing. The interesting thing is that uh, originally co uh, committed to Boise State now being heavily recruited by Michigan and Oregon. And because of the changes in uh, rules for uh, recruiting and name in likeness, mm -hmm. there's some discussion that they may pay for his mission. Hey, commit to us and we'll go ahead and pay for your mission because of some sort of, you know, hair that they can split or needle that they can thread in a different way. The talk is, Elder Bear, come on, come to Michigan. Go go, go blue. Let's Let's go blue and we'll pay for your mission. And you know what? I'm here for it. I'm here for a hundred percent of it. And I and I think what I said on the Facebook page was like, I don't know that I love it, but I don't know why I don't love it. Like mm -hmm. there's just something that feels a little bit strange to me. But then at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, if they wrote him a check, what mm -hmm. would it do? It would just go to the mission, you know, to his mission, theoretically. Well, I don't you think, know, so but I, I don't know that they can do just like straightforward that. I need to know more about okay. the name and likeness. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's something that I um, don't know enough about to speak on. But I mean, we're we're giving people cars, we're giving people all of the protein bars they could want, you know, or <laughs> leasing cars or whatever. I, wait, isn't isn't it like the house that built built down at BYU because it's yeah. like built bar? Yes, 100 percent. That's why I was and, laughing at your creativity. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, you know, um, so, yeah, I guess a mission wouldn't be off the table. Um, it, it, the thing that comes to mind, and I, and this is no comment on, is it bears? Is that his last Bear, name? Gatlin, Gatlin, Gatlin bears. Elder bear. This, this is no, um, takedown of his testimony or anything, but like, would people be like, oh yeah, then I'll go on a mission, you know, or like, I, but I wasn't really like committed to it. Like I wouldn't yeah. have. Yeah, I, I see that. Here's the thing that I think is different about this. Like you are making the decision when you are heavily mm -hmm. recruited as the top recruit. I don't think that you're using it as like a leverage chip or you're like, well, I don't yeah. know if I'm going to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah, definitely think that that probably exists. But I think in mm -hmm. this scenario, I think they're like, you know, this is the person that's like, I, this in a in a chronological worldly aspect of looking at this does not make sense but i feel compelled to do this thing otherwise you just yeah. wouldn't go yeah yeah that's true yeah. that's true the, the thing that i do find interesting and this is slightly tangential but you have tons of tons of people in college athletics who are like ah mm -hmm. oh, all the byu kids they're all 40 years old because they all went on their two-year missions and they're coming back stronger and because they're older and they're bigger and da -da 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 -da. and now you have people who are like please go for two years and let's hope you come back just as fast yeah. you know and he's not going to be training while he's there well you know i mean yeah. I mean, he'll have his exercise time you know yeah. but is he going to be doing his sprints i don't know you know? I mean, you'll you'll be uh, surprised. There was a Utah uh, football player in my mission, and he still got in a considerable amount of training. Really? Yeah, really? it was brutal being his companion because you had to get up super early because he had permission to, and and he's not allowed to go anywhere by himself. Go by himself. So brutal, brutal. Thanks a lot, Elder Jones. Appreciate it. Uh, um, but no, I I mean, it's kind of also one of those things where it's like, dude, if you can make the deal work for you in so many mutually different good ways that maybe I am okay with it. Like I said, I, I was like, eh, I don't know, but I don't know why I, you know, I don't know. The thing that I want to, uh, that I want to know though, is say he says, yeah, Michigan, you're the jam. And then Michigan pays for it. And then he really converts while he's, you know, out. And then he's like, BYU is my place. Does he have to pay back for his mission? Do they yeah, just write it off? I don't, that, that is the thing that I don't know because it, it happens a lot, not necessarily BYU, but people will go out thinking one thing, life sort of changes, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Well, and sometimes missionaries get hurt. So at the point that he gets hurt out on the mission is that they're like, your funding is cut off, figure another way to pay for this. Right. Right. I mean, it does bring in a lot of different, different, um, unknowns. And is Michigan the place where that one elder ended up going, who was yes. recruited while he was on his mission and now yes. he's in the Bishopric? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And this, that's probably Harbaugh, one. That's the coach, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Harbaugh. Harbaugh. I said it right. I think. Yeah. I just want to, you have to really. Harbaugh. Punch. Harbaugh. I think. Got to get. Get it right back in the back of the throat. throat. Uh, all right. Where do you want to go with news? Is it my turn? Did you do that one? I did that one. Your turn. Uh, you, you did that one. You pick. My turn. My turn. Um, well, let's continue in the Saints that sport. 
Okay. Um, with Megan the Mitch. Okay. Sam Merrill, who was a standout at USU on their basketball team. Okay. He's now playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh-huh. And in their game against the Utah Jazz, um, they crushed the Jazz because a high school team could crush the Jazz right now. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but he just absolutely crushed it. He hit um a career high 27 points. Jeez. Um uh let's see. Uh he hit eight three-pointers which is bananas um but well, that's yeah what you can do when you don't have anyone guarding you <laughs> right that's true and donovan mitchell wasn't playing and as much as i love donovan mitchell because of the name uh that guy plays hero ball so if you're sam merrill on the court you're not getting the ball from from donovan so you know he had it sounds like everything just kind of lined up really well for him and um member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and uh he was originally um, drafted. Sorry, I scrolled away. Yeah, you're coming. Very, Come on. He was the very last pick of the 2020 draft, taken number 60 by the New Orleans Pelicans and was who traded. Why are you laughing at me? I'm laughing about that because I, I just imagine this room full of 60 rock star basketball players. And one by one, they all leave the room. I know. And then Sam Merrill from Logan, you know, Utah State hey is just like, hey, guys, am I? Am I, Are we doing this? I do it. Okay. And the last one to the New Orleans Pelicans. And he's like, yeah. And then he's laughing all the way to the bank with his million dollar plus check. Pretty much. Pretty much. Anyway, congratulations to Brother Merrill. I think that's pretty awesome to have a just a breakout game, especially after a few years in the league. You know, I, I would say that, like, if you're in if you're actually drafted, you know, they expect big things from you. And if it doesn't necessarily happen, then it's it's a bummer, you know, but mm-hmm. then to just to crush it. And um, as much as I love my Utah jazz, come on guys, tighten up. Um, <laughs> arms he had up, a really arms good... up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So anyway, that defense, was defense guys, defense. defense. On. You know uh, what? Step on the floor and play the game of basketball. Stop playing monopoly. So we're talking about saints who sport uh, Jimmer for debt. He is the three-on-three male athlete of the year for 2023. That announced just the other day. That's kind of cool. That for uh, I think also interesting this story. You can find a link in the show notes about Cade Madsen of Honeyville, Utah. He uh, he also has decided to uh, step away from his sport to go serve a mission and be serving the Lord in Nashville, Tennessee. He is a professional bull rider. Uh, so he is saying, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be gone for longer than eight seconds, but I'll return. Um, and, uh, and so he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Just a tremendous bull rider, right? Here's the deal. Here's the thing. He'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be fine. Um, where's Honeyville? Honeyville is North, 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 North. So, uh, I like to call it where the gnats live. And that's not like the Nationals, like the baseball team. It's literally like the GNATS. Okay. And that, uh, in the summertime, when they're bad, you can pull into a gas station in Honeyville, and it's like you are being uh, lifted and taken away by the Nats. It's real gross. That's gross. Yeah. Okay. Well, since he was a bull rider, I kind of expected like southern, central, southern Utah. But no, no, we'll go north. It's no. fine. So he cool. he's off. Uh, this I thought was sort of a, a quick, cool kind of a side. Um, the Book of Mormon videos, that is the final series of Book of Mormon videos. If you've been watching these over the last few years, church has been rolling them out. Um, the final 
series of these videos will come out in 2024. And uh, I'm just excited to see how it ends. I can't wait to, I don't know. Uh, no spoilers, everybody. Uh, if I get Someone to see them first. I'm, uh, uh, it, what? What? What happened? Great. Great. Sorry. I gave away the final line. Oh. No, I'm sorry. It, it, here's What's the, better? Here, <laughs> I wonder if they're going to make the book line up with the movies. Uh, here's the deal, though. I don't have to uh, watch the Book of Mormon videos because I've been able to watch uh, The Oath by Darren Scott. Have you followed any of this story? So much more than I ever wanted to, Richie. Oh, my gosh. Here's the thing. I used to follow Darren like on the social medias. Now, but at least to clarify Darren. for folks, uh, Darren Scott, uh, previously in the cultural hall, we did like recently. Yeah, very recently. He I'm just pulling up the episode. Here's episode number 745. So people can go and listen to that. Uh, he I, is the director, the writer and the star of a movie that's in theaters right now called The Oath. So I followed him on the social medias back when he was Darren Southam. Uh -huh. I don't know which is his stage name, but then he got real weird with uh certain past presidents and certain pandemics that we've lived through and um it was difficult so then i stopped following him mm -hmm. and um yeah then i found out some things about him that made me not so excited and i was just like mm, probably don't need to see the movie you know well, well here is what i'll say about it and, and i've had and i'm going to pull up her email i had an email from someone about uh, episode 745 that I sort of went back and forth on like, man, should I share this? I don't know. Maybe I won't. Maybe I will. Um, let me see if I can find this email. There it is. Robin. Robin emails in and says, Richie, first time emailer, long capitalized time listener. I genuinely really like all of your interviews and episodes. I listen religiously and look forward to all that you produce. I appreciate your honest inquiry and questioning. And I have to tell you, the episode with Darren Scott was wacky. <laughs> I could not follow that guy. He jumped from topic to topic, was shamelessly self-promoting, and it gave me weird vibes. Here's the one thing. One odd interview does not break it for me. I'll still listen, and I have the choice to now not see the oath. Thanks for all you do, Robin. So... I did the interview with him and then the video breaks of him being like, I am very disappointed that uh, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is not promoting my film. Like right. they did the chosen, like they the did. The church. Never, uh, the church okay. I, I will pick that bone dry with you to say that the church has not promoted chosen because a hundred percent it has a hundred percent. It has when you get the endorsement of like BYU TV yeah, and that's things, true. it's not, it, it, the church, you know, President Nelson hasn't said, take your vitamins and watch The Chosen, but right. just shy of that, that is certainly what, and so, you know, it, the movie will not do, has not done well in the theaters. Um, and, 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 and he just rants. There's, it's like a 10, 12 minute rant on the fact that the church should be supporting him and he's very disappointed. And, you know, I've heard uh, some people have talked to me about like Ballard vibes. They're getting Tim Ballard vibes about him. He was at the nation's capital on January 6th. He did not go in, but he was part of those that went to the capital. Well, and he has said, he's like, well, that wasn't my experience when I was there. 
And I'm like, are you negating what happened on yep. January 6th just because you weren't inside? Yep. Like, what, and just a quick aside, uh, because I think it's worth mentioning up. We, we don't talk about how people died that day. That's not mentioned enough. I agree. People died. Yeah. That's all. Uh, yeah. So, so all of that sort of comes out. Now, here is what I will say about that movie. Okay. Spoiler, by the way, for anyone who might be going to watch this movie, uh, I, I, I want to say absolutely spoiler. So if you think you might see this movie, uh, you know, you're going to want to fast forward a couple clicks. Uh, and come back to this. I, I will say this about that. The movie, the cinematography within the movie mm-hmm. is is so gorgeous. Oh, it awesome. is, is uh, I don't, that would be hyperbole. It's very beautiful. I was going to say one of the most beautiful films I've seen. It's not, but it's real good. Very okay. beautiful. Several times that I went, wow, where is this? I wonder how they were able to capture this. Th- those kind of things, right? Yeah. And... Uh, again, spoiler alert. So if you thought that I was not going to spoil this for you, I am, I'm going to tell you about this film. So be warned. That's it. We're done. I'm warning you. Um, the storyline is, uh, as I understand it, it, it's Moroni. He plays Moroni. Unless I really missed this. And, uh, one of the, a Lamanite, uh, woman, who uh, is sort of persecuted among her her group? She runs away, okay. and then they fall in love. Star-crossed lovers. Tangles and she, time. And, yeah, and she ends up uh, she ends up being killed, and then he's you know he's left to to deal with all of it, and then dies. So I actually kind of thought it was an interesting story. It's okay. it's not anything that you like, even if you try and read everything into the Book of Mormon that you would like to read into it, right? Like maybe Sam was, you know, people are always like, and maybe Nephi had another brother that he never talks about because he did mention, right? All of those things. Even if you try and like read a bunch into the stories of the Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. I don't think that it gives you any indication of something like this. I appreciated that it was trying to be, you know, f- for the sake of like a story. And and as you said, a tale as old as time that, you know, star-crossed lovers, these people that can't be together end up being together. And it's, and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of moving. Of course, the church can't get behind something like that. <laughs> it's talking about, you know, one, one of, if not its keystone documents, and you're introducing something that is so not there. It's not that's there. Not verifi- and it's not verifiable. Ugh. Well, and, and other things that I've heard is that there's accusations of brown face. So you've got a lot of people who aren't necessarily Native American wearing makeup to portray mm. themselves that way. And that's that's not a good look. Sure. And there's kind of like the, for lack of better phrasing, kind of a white savior type, like he knows what's best for her. So he's going to teach yep. her the language and teach her all of this stuff. And then I'm also like, so are we meant to believe from this story? Now, I haven't seen the movie, full disclosure. I don't intend to. I really feel that like with when it comes to our sacred texts, let's leave it to the church mm-hmm. to produce those things because I feel like they're the ones who are going to be able to get it the most accurate. Anyway, um, so I don't intend to see the oath. Um, but... Are we are we made to believe that like Moroni's motivations were potentially like romantic love for the things that he did in the Book of Mormon? Because right. I don't think I can get behind that, you know, that it had really anything other to do than 
a calling from God and not some girl that he picked up along the way. I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's all, it has the ick, you know, and, and I can see where the Tim Ballard vibes come in and that, yeah, uh, I, I can say for myself, it would be real hard to be married to him. Like, wow, hard. geez, we went there. Okay. Real hard. It, yeah, I know we're, it's a weird tangent, but I, I think it would just be, you know, we, there, I was just listening to a talk from Bishop Waddell and he was talking about hero worship and mm-hmm. how it was his talk from October and lots of people really, really liked it. And I really liked it because it's all about putting, you know, misplaced adoration and misplaced faith because really it should only be in our savior, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. It shouldn't. And I would say like, maybe that also extends to people like book of Mormon heroes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, the way, the way that he was talking about Moroni, you would have thought that he was talking about our savior. And it's like, Hey dude, like we, we can all love Moroni and I love Moroni, you know, and if all men could be like Moroni, you know, the whatever, but also he's not the savior. Right. And Moroni would admit to the fact that he's not the savior. And so I just think that there's, we need to be careful with things like that. Yeah. Like it becomes like weird and obsessive and in my opinion, misplaced. That's my tangent. That's my rant. Sure. You know, the oddest thing about the oddest thing about that for me though, I worship Bishop Waddell. So it's really hard. I don't, I don't, it's the conflict that comes. That's the age old catch 22 right there. Yeah. (laughs) A couple quick stories. Let's get to these. Uh, The first Latter-day Saint meeting house dedicated in Angola. Pretty cool. Uh, Members of the church in this African nation have met in borrowed or rented buildings for the past 38 years. Ground was broken 17 months ago, uh, and now they have a stake center. It's a place of worship for three wards. Uh, Elder Edward Dubé, General Authority 70 and President of the of Ac- of the Africa South Area and soon to be uh, Apostle. Uh, he 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 was there at the ribbon cutting ceremony, and it's just super cool the growth of the church there in the continent of. Africa, specifically in the country of Angola. Um, this cool, not necessarily uh, the cause, but the effect, I think, is super cool. Uh, if you've been following at all the uh, tornadoes in Tennessee, just ravaged northern Tennessee in the last couple of weeks, um, there has been a united effort uh, from various faiths, but specifically uh, th- you know, thousands of Latter-day Saints who have come together to be able to help to do that. That happened... Oh, pretty quick after. I think that they happened, um, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th of of, uh, December. And then by the 14th, a organized effort along with various groups uh, to meet together, started cleaning stuff up and, you know, cutting trees and and doing all the things. And and I don't ever want to necessarily do this, but I think that it would be a unique experience. And so I like I, I say I sort of want to do this, but don't necessarily want to do this. But I would love to have the Sunday where I get the email where they're like, no church today. Everybody put your jeans on and we're going to the this. I want that Sunday without the Um, devastation, destruction and, you know, ravaging of my homes and those of the ones that I love. I would love a a service Sunday. My husband had something similar to that happen one time. Um, We were living in Sandy and um, there was a huge snowstorm and we lived in kind of an older neighborhood. And a huge tree fell over onto like somebody's car 
and um, like over their driveway and they were a less active member of the church. And they basically said any available men like come over right now, we've got to chop up this tree. We've got to like chainsaws the whole nine yards. And um, so I took all the kids to church and my husband and a bunch of elders went and, and uh, took care of the, this, I mean, it was a huge tree that had been there for decades and decades. And, uh, you know, they all came to church and like, well, my husband was wearing like steel toed boots and work pants. You yeah, know? he was. Cause he's a man. Yeah, he is. He is yeah, your he man. Is. Absolutely. And I can say without hesitancy, it would be easy to be married to that man. Absolutely. And, uh, but, um, he's, he's really actually incredible. Um, I know he's a man, he's a man's man and he's sensitive and cares about people. That's why oh you, you, lucked out you I really did you struck gold you won the husband lottery listen Richie I know you're like being serious but I, with the twinge of joking but it's hundred no, percent true no I know you know what I hope you do I yeah. hope that the next time you bear your testimony absent of anything about our savior and about the truthfulness of the gospel I hope you just get up and tell me how thankful you are for your husband. Well, plot twist, I'm speaking in church next Sunday. So maybe I'll do that. Thank yeah. you. I'm very excited about it. But um, but yeah, so back to the story. My husband, like he went home, grabbed a tie, threw it on. He had his, like I said, his work pants and his steel-toed boots and comes in like halfway through sacrament meeting because all of the men just went and took care of this family. And uh so not on the scale of like a huge devastating earthquake, but it was a it was a similar circumstance or tornado or you know whatever but it was definitely helping people in need when you know people probably thought well i should be in church right now and well you should be helping people who need you too yeah you know super cool and uh yes i'm poking at the testimonies where all they talk about is how much they love their spouse it's great i don't want people to not love their spouse say it at home also well, yeah, yeah, right. And that's the other thing. When when the men do it, I it almost feels like this is the only time I do it, babe. So you better be paying attention because I am well, publicly declaring this right now. Here we go. That's and it. Elder Bednar has commented on that before. He's like, when I hear people get up and bear their testimony and they say that, I cringe. Yeah. And he's like, because how much are they saying it to their wife and children at home? Now, my husband says it to me all the time, like constantly. So because like you said, I did struggle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't mention this, and I should have when we were talking about uh, Angola. There's also a a new stake of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that's been created in Sierra Leone. There's now the Freetown Hill Station stake. It is the 141st stake in the Africa West area. So uh, the newly created stake uh, came from the... Uh, and there's something else. So, uh, now there's a, this new stake there. Super cool. I, I, I cannot get enough, uh, of the growth in Africa. And so anytime that there's something like that, that gets mentioned, I want to do that. Uh, the, oh, go ahead. What'd you say? I was just saying it's so exciting to see the, the growth happening there. Uh, there is a new, um, missionary training center that will be open officially January, 2024 in Thailand. Uh, this is pretty cool too. Uh, uh, other co-host of the cultural hall, Russ wild, uh, makes the joke that, uh, three weeks in Thailand makes a boy, an elder. And I, uh, I wanted him to do the whole, uh, song. 
but just be didn't. careful, Elder, because one night in Bangkok will make yeah. a hard man humble. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of both ends of the spectrum there. Good, so good that, show, by the way. I'm <laughs> what show? What are you talking chess. about? Chess. Is that a show? Is that a show? I didn't. Uh... Have you never seen the musical Chess? Oh my I gosh, Richie. Yeah. Thank. Thank you. Are you gullible? No, am I? Do I feel good? <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, okay, bunch of other stuff. Oh, yeah, this, of course, we can't leave without this. Lloyd Newell, Music and the Spoken Word, going to serve a mission with his wife. Mission presidents, I, as I understand it. Um, but oh, that so golden great. voice, we've had him here. You have to go deep into the past of the Cultural okay. Hall to hear the Lloyd Newell episode because um, he was doing voice for um, the history of the church series i think on kued or kued uh, one of the things um anyway he's been here in the cultural hall now gonna leave music and the spoken word been there for like 30 years he is the voice from the crossroads of the west what i think will be interesting will it be filled by a man will it be filled by a woman or will we take the model that we have done um, with the Spanish version, and we will mm. will we have multiple people and have them be both men and women? That is a curiosity yeah. to me. I think it hit. Nomin- it, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say I nominate Thurl Bailey. Oh, oh my gosh! Right. Yeah. That's a which that's he already a- does like the opening act. Yeah. Like occasionally. Yes. For music and the spoken words. Yes. So. Oh, that is an obvious choice. But I would. But I do. I do like the idea of. Uh, a man and a woman, but thorough yes. Bailey, you're right. That is a come on, send it up prog- the flagpole. A prognosticator of prognosticators, way to go! Mm-hmm. When that comes out, you can say nailed that too if you would like. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, let's see, we've got other news stories here, things that we should mention. Ooh, we're not doing that right now. We got not enough time to get into that story. Boof. We got oh, some bad news that we're going to get into. Uh, I uh... Oh, here I have a quick one. Okay. Um, Greg Olson, uh-huh. artist. Um, we all know his paintings. Uh-huh. Um, he has sold all of his like the the rights to his paintings to Deseret Book, oh. and they're going to handle all of the business side of the distribution of his of his artwork. And it's basically so that he can just spend his life painting and creating without having to worry about the business aspect of it all. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a pretty uh. I don't want to say landmark or groundbreaking arrangement, but it's a pretty big deal. Um, but yeah, so Deseret Book is going to handle all of the all of the distribution and um, rights for all of his artwork. Hmm. Uh, this is sort of interesting. This is uh, from uh, this is j- <laughs> this is how my brain works. I put this in to talk about in news because there is a a, a place in in uh, Kiribati. Uh, okay where there is a Moroni high school. So it's a church run high school. And uh, where my brain went immediately is what is the mascot of the Moroni high school? You know, it's a, the graduating class is like 50 people or something like that. Yeah, it is. That is what it is. It is the Lamanite princess from the movie, the oath. I don't know how they knew it was coming. They are the Moroni high school Lamanite princesses. No, uh, uh, I think we maybe need to have a little bit of a, a talk with the folks because I don't remember reading this in the Book of Mormon. Um, it, they are the home of the Moroni warriors. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, um, I'm not really sure. Uh, but it is interesting on their high school moniker. It also says "True to Our Trust." So I thought that was kind of interesting. That that if you want a little peek inside what's going on in my brain, 
That is how I work. I go, oh, uh, an LDS run high school. I wonder what the mascot is. <laughs> and then I quickly get into it. Um, I thought this was interesting. Um, the uh, dedication, I'm sure we'll talk more about this in the next um, temple ticker, but the dedication of the uh, St. George temple, the rededication, I should say, done by Elder Holland and uh, Elder Renland. This, uh, again, some of this feels like it was just forever ago, but Elder Renland said, hey, you know what? Miracles exist. I went and saw Elder Holland in the hospital. I thought I was dead. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he talks about how he's like, I've, I've seen a miracle of God in my life. Barely hanging on, recovered, and then just recently was able to, uh, to dedicate the St. George Temple. Now, here's the thing that I think is particularly cool about that, and I don't know that we've had it uh, many times in the past. You can see the uh, dedicatory prayer of the St. George Temple. It is online. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you can That's hop awesome. online and search dedicatory prayer of the St. George Temple and boom, be able to watch it. Do you know what I love about that social media post that Elder Renlund posted? I don't, that, but you know what I like is that you are going to tell me. So much going to tell you. Um, Elder Holland commented on his social media post, and I mm. don't know that I've ever seen like the apostles like comment on one another's um social media content mm -hmm. and i was like that's the cutest because they're buddies they're friends and he literally said he was like i've never known like oh it was it was really really sweet just uh i'm so grateful for your love and your friendship and the friendship of elder ballard or something along those lines and well, i've got just, it exactly he says the support i felt you. from you our dear president ballard and other members of the quorum of the 12 and the first presidency during my recovery cannot be overstated i thank you and i love you I thank Heavenly Father for the health he has granted, allowing me to serve a little longer. So thank you for finding that, because I thought it was really, really sweet. Number one, that Elder Renland posted it, and it's obviously a very powerful story, because yes, miracles, absolutely. And then to have Elder Holland comment on it, it was, I thought it was just very sweet. And like I said, I've never seen them interact that way before. So. See, and, and and when I heard that, uh, you know, someone had commented, I I was sort of hoping that Elder Holland just posted the preach hands. Right. <laughs> like, that's it. It's just the emoji, emoji of the preach hands. And he's like, right. that's right. Or the, or the prayer hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prayer, yeah, hands. The prayer hands and the preach hands. Uh, yep. Okay, so you've got one last story, and then I'm going to take us home. So please okay. uh, let me use this opportunity to let you know there will be, at the end of this year, that is the end of 2023, uh, an episode that will be something along the lines of the top 23 stories of 2023. And it may be long. Uh, I'm asking everyone to be brief, but we all know how that goes. We, won't um, be. we are going to recap what we feel like are the top 23 stories of 2023. Uh, some you may be surprised about. Some of you are like, duh, of course. Of course it is. Of course we found a Mormon angle for the Taylor Swift era's tour. Of course we did. The biggest story ever. No, we haven't. Not yet, but we're working on it. Um, but this will definitely be one of them as it is a further development. So we won't take a whole heap ton of time, but please, if you would, Megan the Mitch. Yes, I will. So Ruby Frankie in the news, again, constantly, here we are. She uh, pled guilty um, to four counts of varying child abuse, neglect, um, uh, uh, things that she did. I don't know the right phraseology. Um, 
but she's also going to be testifying against her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Mm -hmm. And um, the crazy thing about this is that because of this plea that she entered, um, a lot more details have come out about the things that she did to her children. Yeah. And it's like straight up torture. Yeah. I mean, her her son making him work outside for hours into the day and the night without shoes in the summertime, getting just sunburnt to over and over repeatedly getting punished because he snuck a drink of water. Um, she would hold his head underwater and all in the name of like, she said that he was possessed and he needed to repent. And I mean, absolutely. There's, there's nobody that could look at that and say, Oh, that's reasonable discipline. Like nothing, you know? And, and I know that there was a lot of back and forth initially when, um, news first kind of broke about her where people are like, yeah, is this child abuse? Is it just a really mm -hmm. like harsh, strict parent? No, this is absolute child abuse. And there's a lot of people in comment sections who are like, um, that's like attempted murder. Yep. You know, you're, you're suffocating your child. And she would do very similar things to her younger daughter as well. Ugh. Um, and if this young boy, when, if he wasn't out working frequently, he was, uh, his wrists and ankles were bound um, with rope or duct tape or handcuffs. And I, I look at this story cause I have six kids as well. Mm -hmm. And as we've mentioned, and a lot of the ages line up. So I have kids who are the same age as her two younger ones. And I'm like, I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine thinking, Oh, you, uh, you mouthed off to me. So I guess it's reasonable for me to go hold your head underwater. Like, mm -hmm there's, there's just no rhyme, like there's no, uh, justification at all. And, um, she can get anywhere from one year to 15 years per count. Mm -hmm. So she, uh, pled guilty to four counts. So she could get anywhere from four to 60 years in prison. And I know there's a lot of people, me included, who are like, dude, just throw the book at her, give her everything because mm. it's just, and, and I'll be interested to see what happens with Jody Hildebrandt, especially where now Ruby Frankie is going to testify against her. Sure. And, and the interesting thing about this story, Richie, I've been thinking about this a lot, is that, you know, my husband and I, we're, we're a team when it comes to our kids. Mm -hmm. We, um, we consult on uh, punishments. We consult on everything having to do with our children. And there's times when, you know, maybe we're having a serious discussion with one of our teenagers and our voices get elevated, or maybe we say something that we regret or whatever. Mm -hmm. I always have my husband there to say, Hey, love, calm down, you know, relax this. We're going to get through this or, or vice versa, me mm -hmm. doing the same to him. Like, Hey, don't say anything else that you might end up regretting, or don't say that was unfair, or you got way too, way too too upset about that, you know? And so I'm looking at it going, where was her husband saying, yeah, go ahead. Just, just do it. Yeah. I, I, I believe you. I trust you. Yeah. Really? Where, yeah. where is the, the other adult in the room to say, Ruby, why on earth are you doing this to our child? Yeah. Where, where is any sort of, what did he do to deserve any of that? Spoiler alert, he did nothing to deserve any of it. Right, right. Nothing. You know, and and that's what's really um, frustrating to me. There's some really great um, 
podcasts that have been hitting on this. There's one in particular that I just listened to called Under the Influence, and they've been talking a lot about Ruby Frankie. Um, BuzzFeed, of all places, just did a really good article about, you know, kind of um, dialing everything down, you know, and sharing sharing the details. So there's, there's information everywhere about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just these poor children, these poor children. And yeah, I just... Sorry, obviously I have thoughts on this. Sure, um, sure. My guess to well, answer your question that it was rhetorical, but that I'll weigh in on, my guess is the husband was hiding. Yeah, yeah. That, that there were similar, not not like she, you know, tortured him or whatever, but my guess, it wasn't, you know, choruses of love at home in that household. Yeah. And my guess is he just was like, you know, sorry guys, self-preservation within this and just you went along with mama or... When mama's happy, ain't nobody happy. And, right. you know, looking back on it retrospectively, he probably goes, man, I should have stepped in at this point or at this point or at this point or at this point and is now maybe uh, being able to put himself in a position where he can do that more. But that would yeah. be my bet. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you say so much and your partner disregards you and then you just go, all right, well, good luck, everybody. Good luck. He, right. uh, Like you mentioned, uh, the four counts, they are of second degree av- aggravated child abuse. And uh, the other sort of uh, byproduct that will have an effect on a lot of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because they become life coaches is they're saying maybe it needs to be more regulated on what a life coach is. And I agree as well, because guess what? You're a life coach, Megan the Mitch Mitchell. Guess what? So am I. We are both now life coaches. And and that, that is how much certification it takes. There are other certification programs, but now you can call yourself a life coach if you would like. Um, I thought I was going to end on one story. I am still going to end on it, but I can't believe that I forgot this. Uh, a 30-year-old man arrested on a third-degree felony for property damage, um, smashing the windows of the Provo, Utah Temple. Yes, that Provo, Utah Temple, the one that they are destroying, I think what happened was uh, the uh, ward clerk, he had put an email together that said, come one, come all, we need some help with demo at the uh, temple. And he sent it early. You know, those are tricky. Like it meant to be a 2024 and he sent it in 23. So Weston Huff, uh, a man, unfortunately, you know, struggling with some some mental issues, uh, went to the temple with a hammer and started breaking out some windows there. Uh, they were able to capture essentially his license plate on the cameras and then they caught up with him and he has a hammer in the front seat and they're like hey weston were you at the temple and he says and this is not not a word for word quote but essentially what he told officers was jesus told me to do that so maybe it was a call out from the ward clerk the provo 172nd ward like get to the temple guys we need your help to take it down bring your hammers and let's do it uh uh, I could also be wrong. It could, that could not be what happened. It's an it's an unfortunate thing. I, I I don't welcome things like that. Obviously, the fact that I have to make that clear that I'm making a joke, but it you know, it, it it's an interesting question that then becomes: Do you fix those windows? Right. You know, the temple's only it's, open. It's I think until no. I think I it's for you. like two more months. I think it's open for like two I, more months. So do you sort of cardboard that window and go? You know, listen, we're not. We're not replacing that. Probably not, but that's a, you know, 
Is it a waste? I don't know. Is there anything a waste for the Lord? I don't know. That's an interesting justification. You sort of go down. But that was the question that I had. First of all is, can we get Weston Huff some help? Second of all, can we fire that ward clerk and get someone in there that knows how to use emails? And then third, are we going to replace the windows? Because there is a a small group of uh, LDS church members in Provo who are saying, come on, save this temple. We want to keep this style. This is a time of our church. It's not going to happen. Church is... We're done. Yeah, no. Look no further yeah. than Ogden to know what the fate of the Provo Temple is. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't know. we'll see. We'll my see. parents were married in that temple. Get out. Yep. My mom always actually kind of hated the design of it. So, well, it's 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 unique. Let's say that. Yeah. Shall we say it yeah. like this? Uh, this this is how I would like to end this episode of the Cultural Hall. This long, long, long news episode. This. From the Babylon Bee. Get somebody from there in on the show. I think it would be hilarious. I I have made the appeal once. I will make the appeal again. Let me ask you this. Do you know what a dink is? Um, I only know it because I read the article. Okay. Yeah. Dual income. This is a fairly uh, popular phrase, right? Dual income. Oh, dink. Yes, I do know that one. Yeah. Yeah, Dual dual income, income, no no kids. Yeah. So... Mormon family, proud oinks. So you ask, what is an oink? One income, nine kids. kids. (laughs) Allow me as I read this article from the Babylon Bee. They just nailed it. I love them so much. On the other end of the spectrum from Dink, dual income, no kids. Local Mormon parents, Logan and Stacy Jensen, have proudly claimed their rare title of oinks meaning a family with one income and nine kids. Quote, we're just living the oink dream, said Stacy. Our lives overflow with life, laughter, and Costco peanut butter. It's a beautiful thing, end quote. According to sources, the couple had considered stopping at eight kids, but the term oyek just did not make any sense. Quote, it doesn't roll off the tongue at all, said Logan. We're so thankful we had what's-her-face and made it to oinkland. <laughs> In a recent phenomenon, thousands of dink couples have begun spending their days posting videos online, assuring everyone how happy they are. Quote, ha I'm so happy. Here's a video to show you how happy I am, said Anthony Foster, one half of a local dink couple. If you don't believe me, I will spend tomorrow recording even more video messages prov- proving to the world that I am so, so happy. Ha-ha, look at this smile. Though a rarity in modern culture, sociologists say oinks, were were quite common up until a few decades ago. In some sense, in the traditional subsistence farming culture, most families were ninks, (laughs) meaning no income and nine kids, explained (laughs) sociologist Amy McGrath. During the Great Depression, we saw tinks as wives and children were forced into the workforce, creating three-income families. In years past, being a dink by choice would have been a shameful thing. The stability of ninks can evolve to tinks, but no one ever imagined it would lead to dinks. At publishing time, the Jensen family had sat down to a greater feast of blessing than any voluntary dink could ever imagine. Ah, oh, the Oink family, the Jensen's, that Oink family, the Tinks and the Ninks. I love the Babylon Bee so much. Seriously, so funny. So funny. And their kids are, let, let me guess, like 
Brinley and Jinsley and <laughs> yeah. I made yeah. that up. <laughs> no, they're they're There's... all they did the rhyming thing. Oh, even better. Yeah, so it's Jinsley and Tinsley and Brinsley. <laughs> and so all you have to do in that household is go Insley. And then Insley. Goes, huh? There's probably some Daxtons and Braxtons and oh, sure, Jackstons sure, too. Sure. Yeah, because uh, with nine well, kids, you're gonna have some boys, some girls. <laughs> statistically think saying you would sure yeah. sure i i you know for my money if i ever had kids which hallelujah world you're not gonna have to worry about that uh i just I, robert I, the dog yeah just robert the dog i straight up think i would just go and i've made this joke before but i i think i would name my kids phrases okay like get the mail <laughs> and so it's all combined like one word yeah. So people are like, get the mail, Stedman. All right. <laughs> it's both a directive and a person's name. But then we like insistently and indignantly say it's get the Himale. And it's like, no, it reads like get the mail. And we're like, is get the Himale. I don't know. Please bless Richie doesn't have children. Ever. No, I'm ever. just kidding. I think you'd be a hilarious dad. Oh, uh, that's, that's what everyone wants. You should be a parent <laughs> because you'd be hilarious. <laughs> Listen, well, it's one of my strong points. Well, uh, it's the, I, I've talked to your kids. It may be the only strong <laughs> Listen, Ooh. listen, it's okay. It's okay. That's you true. tried. That's what matters. I did. You did, did. try. You tried. You tried very hard. Yes. Six it, times. I want, I want you to know that it is not the destination, it's but the it, it is the journey. Yeah. And I'll, I'll and, go with that. And so long as you are living and laughing and loving, you will be okay. I've got it on my wall. So live, laugh, love. I really don't, but you do. we're living and laughing and loving. It's okay. It's okay that you do. This is a safe space. It's all right. <laughs> is it? Yep. Until the one day you return with honor. Yep. And remember who I am. Yep. And what you stand for. To which when my, uh, when my mom would always say that, I'd always say, Richie T and very little. <laughs> we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week you'll be able to listen next week and that when the time comes you'll be able to travel home in safety in the meantime chris at alpine lakes travel rick mcgee debbie wanless and chocolate cake bites podcast we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of, of the, the cultural, cultural hall, hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat On the back row, we really gotta go On the Culture Hall Show